Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Paul Duncan, and this is the 11th episode of the Football Scouting um, Podcast. And today we have a special guest today. We have Garrick Dieter, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Garrick, how are you doing today? My guy, Paulie D, man. I'm doing excellent. excellent. Yep. So, um, little background uh garrick and i we spent some time in college together we had uh we had some classes i worked in the uh, athletic department at bowling green while he was out there making uh one-handed catches for the falcons what do you have two two sports center top 10 catches in your career uh yeah i think it was the uh that same game that toledo game uh, yeah we got a lot of juice that night but yeah it was uh two of them that night it was pretty awesome that was an awesome game Awesome mm-hmm. atmosphere at the Dwight, man. Yeah. So, um, uh, for those who don't know, Gar- uh, Garrick played for the Falcons for two years in a high, um, high octane Dino Babers. We're gonna do plays fast. We're gonna pass the ball a lot. And then, as a grad transfer, went to Alabama. Um, what was the transition like going from that type of offense, where you are a primary? primary weapon your option number two or one b or one a depending on the game to moving to alabama where you have guys like calvin ridley oj howard josh jacobs or darius mm-hmm. stewart who are who you have to split um time and catches with yeah um i'd say it was definitely different um you know going there you're you're going against the best players in the country um alabama's that that way for a reason coach Saban brings in all those people and they buy into what um what he's coaching and the culture that he has at Alabama so um you know I didn't really know what my role was going to be um I was kind of expecting it to be a little like Richard Mullaney who was there the previous year um but they threw a little they threw the ball a little bit more the year before I got there so when I got there um I just kind of bought into what we were doing and just wanted to win games and Hopefully that got me to a point where I had an opportunity to go to the NFL, and thankfully it did. But um, <clears throat> it was definitely frustrating at times, but um, at the end of the day, it it all worked out, and um, I'm happy because I met some awesome people there and have great relationships with those people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was looking at that roster for the 2016 uh, 2016 Crimson Tide, and it was just like first rounder, first rounder, NFL All Star, NFL All Star. Like, oh yeah, no, the our defense that year was um, it was pretty insane. If you go down the list and just look at all those guys and look at how many of them are playing at a high level in the, in the NFL, and um, just to see the success that they're having, it was. I mean, it was. I went against a guys every single day in practice and got to see them firsthand so I, I knew what they're capable of and um you know those guys definitely prove it on, on a weekly basis yeah did you have any uh welcome to the sec or this is bama football moment first time um first couple practice uh, practices playing with those guys um a little bit not really um you know, the first day they put me in with all the, the freshmen and the newcomers was the first, like, seven-on-seven seven and all that. And those guys were better than all of the, the MAC DBs and um, any DB that I've played in the past. So um, just seeing those, the type of athletes that they are, and then uh, me just working every single day for um, to earn a spot, to earn a starting position was, was my main goal. But um, I want to say anything – Nothing like really shocked me, but just the talent level of those guys and um, how hard they work was was pretty cool to see. 
Yeah, that's great. So uh, after the national championship game, uh, I saw that you went to the East-West Shrine Bowl, correct? Yep. Yes, sir. So um, what was the uh, the process and the turn uh, turnaround from the national championship game to getting ready for college bowl games? Did you uh, what did you do to prepare yourself both physically for like the uh, challenge, uh, the challenges that, that 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 would come with, and both mentally for like interviews, talking with mm-hmm. NFL players, and convincing uh, convincing NFL teams that yeah. hey, you can do this. Yeah, um, I'd say I mean it was quick it was super quick turnaround since we played in the national championship that east west shrine game was like a week later or maybe two weeks later so right after the game i packed up and we drove to florida me and meg um and the dogs and then uh went down to st pete i think if i'm remembering right we went down to st pete and um literally i think i was pretty sure it was a week right after the national championship we were playing in that game so um physically i mean i was in shape i was in football shape i didn't really want to practice too much but obviously had to with the most of those coaches being nfl coaches um and the the mental part i honestly wasn't too worried about it i felt like a, a pretty sharp guy when it comes to talking to people and um selling myself um but at the end of the day, it's you got to make sure you're you're on your your p's and q's when you're talking to those guys, and making sure you're saying everything the right way, and um, making sure that they get a good feel of who you are as a person and player. Yeah, because um, the interview process is one of the things that me, as someone who wants to get into scouting, just is really interested about. Because one of the shortcomings of of being like an internet scout or somebody who's just watching people on tape is you don't know if they love football mm-hmm. and all of the people that I've talked to in like previous podcast episodes, people who I've look up to as mentors, they always say that the number one thing that you look for in a player is for your interviews. If you try to figure out how much do they love football? Did you feel that in your interviews with scouts, coaches or any, any people in the NFL, did you feel like that was their main goal in their interviews or did you feel that they were trying to do something else? Um, I feel like they're mostly trying, just trying to get like a feel for who you are as a person. Um, I think it's hard to tell, to know if somebody likes football based off an interview or loves football based off an interview. I think you have to be around them, um, more than, than usual. Like, I mean, like for me as a player, like if I'm around a player for, I need to be around them for like a few practices, a few days of meetings to see like how they are as a person in a meeting and a practice to see if they really love football you know anybody can talk their way into um kind of convincing you that they do love it but at the end of the day if they're not doing everything the right way um on the practice field in the meeting room then it's it's pretty easy to tell who um who loves it and who doesn't and um it's i think there's a definitely a fine line between those two and the success factor and guys that do love it and guys that just are there just to just to be there Absolutely. I think uh, one of the things that I uh, I was told is um, some people love football and some people just love all the stuff surrounding football. They only oh, yeah. love the games. They only love the hype and the pageantry and the the parties afterwards. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like being a gunner is not is like not the most fun part about football. You're running 20 miles per hour at other people who are running at you like the other way, trying to hit some five foot ten guy who runs a four three yeah so being able to find uh, find people who 
are willing to do the um dirty work the stuff no um no one's going to talk about in the papers is always uh huge yeah most definitely you know i mean that's just a part of game of football and especially in the nfl that most of us are trying to make a living doing it so um whatever whatever jobs out there that you can take over and do at a high level that coaches trust you then um you're going to do it no matter what it is but um at the end of the day it's it definitely is not as fun as catching balls and doing all that but um you know, it's part of the game and it's part of the team and whatever helps the uh, the team win, most guys are willing to do. So, um, especially myself, I mean, I'm down to carry the water if I have to, whatever whatever it takes to, to kind of get to that next level and, and make a living doing it. Exactly. So after the uh, the Shrine game, you're kind of, uh, there were pro days and just general, uh, general draft stuff. Um, how much were you like, look looking into yourself like on the internet trying to find like scouting reports or seeing if you were on say like matt miller's top 300 or yeah did you did you ever really pay attention to that did did some of the guys that you were training with um really pay attention to that or is it just all i'm going to work hard and whatever happens happens what's kind of there's the mindset definitely that? a um i think there's definitely a stage in every football player where they're looking everything about themselves up and trying to see what everybody's saying. But um, as I've gotten older, I've learned that all that stuff does, I mean, literally doesn't matter. You see, um, I mean, now that I've been here for four years and kind of see everything, like I'll read some of those articles that the Chiefs, like fan, scout, whatever pages put on Twitter. And like they talk about the roster and talk about every, all this stuff. And literally have no clue what's going on inside the building. So, um, but back in college and, being a couple of years in, um, that was definitely something that I did. And I know that most guys do it just to kind of get a feel on where other people think they are when it honestly doesn't matter because they have no um, no say in what's going to happen with the roster, or what's going to happen with your job. You just have to kind of block out all that noise when you get to when you want to be at a high level. Otherwise, that's just going to be a distraction. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see, I can see that, like, it's not, like, something you should, should be doing, but it's just so, like, there's just so much noise and so much hype, and there are some players that they do get drafted almost entirely off of media, media hype, they Mm -hmm. get their agents to go talk to certain draft nicks, draft, draft nick will uh, tweet about them and say, this guy's going to be my sleeper, and some, sometimes, I mean, usually there is a lot of separation between the scouts and the media people. Yeah. But sometimes those a- those agents will get people opportunities, and they like luck out and get taken higher or for more money as an undrafted free agent than what you would you would expect them to. Yeah. No, most definitely. Um, like I said, at the end of the day, it's you got to go in and prove yourself. Um, it definitely could get you a um, a. Ch- an opportunity somewhere um but at the end of the day you gotta make sure you're on in there proving yourself every single day and in meetings practice everything so um but media does play a huge part in in football and um especially as a prospect going into the nfl that's it's got a big say for sure yeah i know 
uh, for me and the guys that we work with, we try to kind of keep out of like the media hype. Like we don't, we don't even really have like top 200 rankings or mock drafts or all of like those basic things. Since most of the people on our team want to work in the NFL, we try to keep a mindset of we're, we're just going to grind the film. We're going to watch a guy, whether it's Trevor Lawrence or the running back from Tiffin or the edge from Northern Illinois, and we're going to all treat, treat them the same way in that kind of professional manner. But most people don't do that. (laughs) Right. No, for sure. I mean, it's, it's easy to fall in love with um, numbers. And uh, if if a kid's got a lot of hype, it's easy to fall in love with getting on that bandwagon. But um, until you, like you said, go and watch all the film and break down everything, it's, it's definitely different. You got to make sure you're studying. And as a scout, you have to um, gain the trust of your GM. And that's what it is all about at the end of the day is kind of gaining their trust in what you're doing. All right. So uh, around uh, after like pro um, pro days, how many teams were consistently talking to you? Uh, um, did you ever think that the, uh, did you ever think that you were going to be drafted? Did you know that you were going to go undrafted, but had like three teams that you um, knew really liked you and were willing yeah. to sign you? Um, um, there was, if I remember right, um, I had, a, I thought I was going to get drafted. Just, I mean, you always like as a player, you would think that you'd get picked up, but um going like as the days went on like it felt like I wasn't going to get picked up so my agent said that I'd probably be a priority free agent and I think there was like six or seven teams if I remember right that wanted me to come um be a free agent for them and um I don't even know why I picked the Chiefs I think it was I think my agent just had a good feeling about them so I'm seeing that they drafted a quarterback in the first round and kind of that you could tell that they wanted to build a a team for the the previous or the next couple of years coming in so I mean that's something I want to be a part of and um just picked it and then thankfully it's worked out pretty well for me um obviously I haven't done much offensively and really haven't even played much but um, being here being a teammate um you know making sure that um the guys and all of us are held accountable every single day and that's kind of what my role has been is kind of be the guy that people can trust and ask questions and um, kind of like a coach on the field for the most part. Exactly. And leadership is very, very valuable. Yeah. Um, Learning how to be a leader has kind of been what I have learned because for two years prior to starting this project, I was doing like scouting reports just by myself, just being, just finding some tape, watching reports, um, watching players, making reports, and then showing them to people at the senior bowl and hoping for that I can get good advice. But then once I started making, getting like a team, and then those people were start would start asking me questions about how to scout, and mm-hmm. I had to start building like a method guide. Like I knew that um, I couldn't just do things for myself. I had to like start thinking, thinking of other people, and not right. only have we built like the professional like relationships, like the guys that I'm working with are. I'd even consider them my friends. Yeah. Like, and that's... No, I think I think at the end of the day, it's... I mean, this profession is definitely all about relationships and um, getting guys that trust you and like you as a person because you don't want to be... I mean, coaches and scouts and all those guys, they're around each other 24-7, 365, so they're not going to want to be around a guy that they don't like and, and don't have a good relationship with. So 
um, at the end of the day, I think it's for sure having a good relationship with um, whoever you're working with and being a guy that people want to be around. Yep. And that's why, uh, yeah, that's why um, I always get like a little, um, I always get like a little upset when I see like people on Twitter like being mean to each other in the like draft yeah. community and it's sort of like just in the whole sport media bubble. It's like, imagine in like five years you have to work under this person that you just called an idiot or right. Just... Yeah, no, it's I mean, social media can come and bite you in the butt whenever, but um, that's something that most guys want to stay away from. But at the end of the day, it's kind of hard too with. Um, just how accessible it is and um, how many guys kind of just go on there and vent. But um, like you said, I mean, you could be working for that guy. So you always want to make sure you're saying the right thing and doing the right thing on social media. All right. So, um, so you get, you get signed by the chiefs. Um, I know your, your first roommate was Pat Mahomes, correct? Uh. I wouldn't say we were like really roommates. I, we um, they put us in like an extended stay hotel when we got here, and I had a bunch of different roommates, guys that kept getting uh released and brought in, released and brought in. Um, Pat was I kind of just hung around him because he had a car and um he kind of took us places. So um, getting to know him, um, I mean we became friends pretty quick because we are pretty similar people. We love sports. We love being competitive and everything we that that we do, um, playing sports, doing playing golf, um, really anything that um, involves us, we are just having a fun having a fun time with. And um, towards the end of camp, um, when we got uh, what's it called, when we broke camp, we had like a week or two left of camp, like of like uh, preseason. So I didn't really have a place to stay. But I had a two bedroom apartment, so I just asked if I could stay with them up until. Uh, cuts happened to see if I'd be here or not and thankfully he let me stay with him so um, I think that's where our relationship really took off was I mean we're around each other 24-7 and um, you know we always got along so when you're with somebody like that and you guys get when we get along um, all the time it just kind of boosts your relationship and uh, I mean that's we still have, we still have a really tight relationship to the day so it was a, it was definitely a cool time okay um yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm sure uh, I'm sure we'll hear some more uh, more stories about the man, the myth, the legend as the show goes on. But uh, what did what do you think that you did that separated yourself from the other 10, what, 10, 12 or so wide receivers that started in camp? So you were able to make uh, make the team or it was, it was practice squad first year, correct? Yep. What did you do to solidify yourself as being the guy for that role? Um, I'd say get, gaining the coach's trust was the number, the first thing you have to do is you get to know the playbook in and out. Um, you get to be available and be ready to make plays if they do put you in, um, no matter if you're with the ones, twos, threes, fours, um, just to get an opportunity to go out there and put something good on film was, was the main thing. But, um, I think gaining their trust with the playbook and them trusting that, that you could do the right thing. Um, I mean, the playbook's pretty big when they just thrown all that at you at once. So, um, <clears throat> he's not going to put somebody in that doesn't know what they're doing. So I think that was the, the main thing for me was make sure I know what I'm doing and when I'm in there, make plays. So um, I think I did a good job of that. And um, like I said, I think my biggest thing is my relationship factor with uh, coaches and players on the team. Everybody want, likes to hang around me. Um, I'm, a, I'm a good guy to be around. So um, they keep those guys around, I think.
All right, Mr. Popular, I see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big dog. Just like me in college, man. am I right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big boy D, man. Uh, so when, so I like to watch. I watch a lot of film on guys. I mean, I'm watching two running backs from Louise, Louisiana, right now. And when I watch players, I try to watch and see how they will project in, uh, project into the NFL. What skills do they have at an NFL level? What skills are they lacking at the NFL level? Which are like back, kind of like backup skills. Like it'll suffice, but it isn't going to stand out on film. Mm-hmm. But um, how um, how do you how do you watch film both when you're watching like a future opponent that you might be going up against on special teams or on defense? Um, and then uh, later we'll get to uh, watching like wide receiver film and what you try to take, uh, take away from that. Um, I would say, um, I mean, the coaches do a good job of, I mean, we have scouts that have breakdowns of each player in our scouting report every week. So um, we mostly watch it based on, on a scheme of the teams. Um, if it's like a star corner or something like that, that's going to follow somebody around. We might spend a little more time on him, but I'd say majority of the time it's, um, it's just watching what the scheme of the defense is and trying to figure out what they're doing. But, um, you know, when you said looking at receivers, it's, that's something I did, um, first couple of years in, in college, you know, I'd looked up to Jordy Nelson a lot. Um, and then coming here, you know, you learn stuff from, from guys every, every single day, you know, and then watching Tyree Hill, Sammy Watkins, all those guys, um, perform at a high level and seeing all the tools that they have as a football player. Um, it's something that, you know, I looked up to, um, you know, you learn something from them every single day. They're going to bring, they're going to do something crazy that makes you open your eyes and just kind of wow. So, um, for me, it's, look at those guys, try to pick something, you know, you're not as athletic, you're not as fast, strong, whatever, um, but kind of pick their techniques and, and kind of put it into your own game. Absolutely. Any like, um, oh, here, uh, here's a, a good question. Who would you say is the best route runner in the NFL and what, what is it that they do that makes them the best in the NFL, you think? Um, there's so many guys that you could go with. Um, there's different types of like good route runners. I think Calvin Ridley's up there as one of the guys that can, you know, run full speed and stick and get out of it. Um, you know, I really like Tyreek Hill as a route runner just cause his, his speed is such a weapon and, um, he knows how to use it. He just, he's not like a one trick pony. He's not just going to run by you. He can get around you any way he wants. And, um, there's just, I mean, at the NFL level, there's just so many guys that are good at different different things. And um, at the end of the day, it's getting open and catching the ball. So um, I I put my guy Tyreek Hill as the number one receiver in football just because he's um, so versatile. He's uh, makes plays every single game. Um, the ball is thrown to him. He's going to catch it, and uh, he's going to do something with the ball after. So, um, you know, he's kind of proven year in and year out that he's a tough um well-rounded receiver and well-rounded football player absolutely like i feel that so many people like the casual like nfl community just kind of view like tyreek jackson as like just a speed guy or just like a thicker deshaun jackson but like what i see when i like watch uh tyreek hill is the second most crazy thing skill he has after his speed is his ball skills not many guys 
that are five foot ten can jump as high as him and make contested catches over taller corners. Yeah. And that is just that's why I feel that like Terry Hill is almost kind of like underrated. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely think he's one of the more underrated football players. He's when you see him every single day and see what he's capable of and um, you talk to DBs on our team and you can you kind of see that every single team is kind of scared of his speed. They're putting a safety over top every time, but he's still getting on top and doing what he wants on, on defenders. So um, to me, he's definitely one of the most underrated and um, best football players in the NFL. All right. Uh, what, what, what have you learned and or uh, picked up from uh, Travis Kelsey's game? I know Travis is, definitely uh, larger uh, larger than you yeah <laughs> but he's what he's able to do over the middle I think um kind of fits more what you uh, you were doing both at Alabama and a little bit at Bowling Green right no he's a that's one of my better friends on the team he um you know he's an awesome football player he's uh, a guy that's super creative um, as a route runner he knows how to set people up with his eyes with his body motion um, and at the end of the day he's got great hands so um, when you kind of put all those things together with his size, he's on, honestly unstoppable. He um, he can run any single route that you put him on and, and do it at a high level. And, I mean, you see that every single Sunday. So, for me, just to see how he works in practice, um, you know, you obviously want to take some of his moves that he does. But um, his work ethic, and I can, I can say that about everybody on our team, especially him, Tyreek Hill, Pat, all those guys are – the hardest workers on the team so um it's fun to see those guys at have success at a high level just because you see them working their tail off and and want to be the best and they prove it on a on a weekly basis all right uh quick quick aside um i've i saw travis kelsey at the um home run derby that was down in cleveland yep. i yep one just how big he is like some sometimes when you see like certain big people, like some people look bigger on TV. Um, I've always heard like professional wrestlers always look way bigger on TV, but football players seem look bigger than they do on TV. Yeah. But yeah, Kelsey would definitely look bigger on TV. And he actually, um, I was ushering for the uh, home run derby, and Travis Kelsey and some of his friends were uh, in my section. Yeah. And when him and his friends left, um. I actually uh, uh, called up some of my like personal friends who were also at the Derby because I had the good seats, and yeah, um, yeah, I uh, I got my friends good um, some good seats because Travis Kelsey, um, Travis Kelsey and his friends left them. Yeah, bounced out early. Yep. So that's my uh, one time seeing Travis Kelsey, and yeah, that that man is a man. Yeah, I'll I'll let him know that. I'll see him. I'll talk to him tonight and, and let him know that. He gave some other fellow Clevelanders uh, some pretty good seats at the, at the home run derby. Yeah, it was a great, great, der- great derby too. No, oh, yeah, you so, can't beat a home run derby. Oh, especially that one with Vlad Guerrero Jr. just cranking it. Oof, great, great event. Uh, so one of the things that I just really like hear, uh, hearing you uh, talk about is that you are always willing to hype up all of your all of the players' work ethics. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons that so many players have good work, ethic, uh, work ethics is you have just really great manage, uh, management and leadership from above. Yeah. What does Andy uh, Andy Reid and the coaching staff do that, that kind of, like, helps people all work together? Um, I would say, I mean, his structure of practice, I'd say, is the – 
I mean, you know where you're getting every single day. You know what the practice is going to be. So having an idea on what's going to happen. Um, he's going to take care of guys, but at the same time, we're going to practice fast. We're going to practice 100%. Um, and, you know, if you're not 100%, most likely the next guy up is going to get an opportunity to go out there and perform. So, um, you know, Coach Reed is the coolest coach, the most uh, entertaining and best coach that I've ever had. And, um, you know, seeing him on a daily basis, his work ethic, um, his creativity and plays and getting guys the ball, moving guys around and um, talking to guys and seeing what they like, what they don't like, and being able to implement that type of stuff in the offense is, I think, the coolest thing about him. And he's 1,000% a player's coach. Every Everybody on the team loves him, and he loves he loves the game of football like uh, like I've never seen. You know, he's brings the juice every single day in meetings and uh, gets guys laughing and gets their attention quick. And, um, you know, he's just awesome, awesome coach to be around. And um, thankfully I've been playing for him for this four years. So it's a, he's an awesome guy and, and for sure one of the best, if not the best coach of all time. Wow. Yep. I mean, I, I love it. I love Andy Reid. I love uh, whenever I get a chance to watch the Chiefs on Sunday night. I, I love seeing what uh, Andy can pull out of his uh, pull out of his playbook. Yeah. What do you think uh, Andy would um, do? You, do you ever like talk with any of the front office guys or any of the scouting personnel guys? Or is there separation between front office people and players? Um, it depends. I mean, there's you have some relationship with some of the guys. Um, you know, there's a couple of the interns that were interns just kind of for like the, the player development from my first year here are, are kind of moving into the scouting department. So I've talked to those guys a couple of times and, you know, you have conversations with beat RGM, Brett beach, and uh, some of the scouts, but um, those guys are always grinding and always working. So you really don't see them around too much. Um, if you do, it's kind of a say what's up and kind of keep moving. And, um, but I mean, if you ever need to talk to them about, you know, where you stand or kind of what you need to do. Their, their door's always open, and um, I think they do a pretty good job of communicating to guys on um, if they need to do something different or kind of where they stand with the team. But um, relationships with them kind of can be a love-hate thing because those are the guys at the end of the day that are kind of going to let you go and kind of cut you. So, I mean, I've been cut uh, five or six times, I think. So, um, you know, you – see those guys around and it's kind of awkward because they just let you go but at the same time you're back here and you have a job so you're happy but um it's definitely a humbling experience when you have to get uh released yeah that was one of the things that i've uh i've been kind of like wondering is like if you want your front office people to have like good personal uh, personal relationships with the players because right. you um the goal of like the general manager and the player personnel department is to do to, is to win games is to do yeah. what's best for the team right and if so, if they develop personal relationships or have like their guys and they pass up on better guys yeah it's it, it hurts but it hurts both sides so right but you also don't want a player to be or a front office person to be so separated from the, them that he treats his players like you would if you're like playing Madden. I'm just going to cut this guy and not realize that it's going to completely impact his family and that, yeah. oh, this player is best friends with these three players. And now they're going to be upset. Yeah. No, that, so all, there's a there's definitely a balance between um, finding guys that fit on the team um, as a, a um 
kind of guy that people want to be around, but at the same time, they're a pretty good football player, and there's guys that are extremely talented, but nobody likes being around. So um, for them, it's, I mean, it's hard. It's a hard job and to start, and it's harder to kind of figure out who who likes who and uh, who wants to be around who. But um, at the end of the day, you got to, if you're on a roster, you got to make sure that you're friendly with everybody and uh, that you have a good relationship with people and people do want to be around you because um, I think that's, like I said earlier on, I think relationships is every, everything in the NFL. Yeah, that that's like another thing, like the team, team dynamics that people like kind of act like doesn't matter. But act, but real, but really does in yeah. decision, in decision makings. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think there's definitely a conversation. I mean, I I wouldn't know, but I have a feeling that there's a conversation that they have guys that they want here and um, want as teammates and want as uh, um, players in their organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wondering. This is kind. This is kind of a a, a long shot. But I remember when the Cleveland Browns selected Antonio Callaway in the fourth round of the 2018 draft, um, mm-hmm. there was reports that they did so because they kind of expected Jarvis Landry and him to be good friends and for like Jarvis Landry to uh, straighten them out. Do the, do the people, the scouts and the front, um, the front office people know like the person, uh, personality traits? And could they like say, oh, this player on our team – loves video games and has a Twitch channel and then this um this player who we really like but we don't know if he loves football he can come in and um they can kind of pair up with this uh, pair up with this player because we both know they like the same things do you right. see any of that go- see any of that going around or is that just very uh, rare I think that's more rare um you know they don't really bring guys in based on relationships I think they look at relationships more so what when they're here and um, you know, it's hard to, like I said earlier, it's kind of hard to judge somebody and see kind of who they are as a person when you talk to them a couple times, because they could be a, a good interviewer or a good person to talk to. But um, at the end of the day, when you, you got to be around the people every single day, you kind of learn more about them as players and people. So um, I think it's more, I think that'd be more rare if somebody got brought in based on a relationship. But, um, you know, anything can happen in the NFL. And um, I, and like you said, it's it's probably happened before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that that'll make sense. Uh, uh, other uh, other note, um, on my on, on our um guide, we uh we have selected uh Keenan Allen as the NFL prototype for route running. Would you mm-hmm. uh if you if you had to pick like, would you say he's top three route runners in the NFL? Yeah, he's definitely one of the top guys. Um, you look at him and. He's kind of like Kelsey. I think when he runs routes, he's super creative and can get open and uh, makes guys look pretty silly when they're when they're trying to guard a man to man. So um, I think he's he's a little bit different. Uh, he's not the fastest guy in the field, but he's definitely creative and can get open however however he wants. And a guy that most most young receivers look up to to see what he's doing, just because not everybody's got the speed of Tyreek Hill and the you know freak attributes that most top receivers have he's kind of the one of the guys that doesn't have all those attributes but still produces at a high level game in and game out yeah sadly not not everybody can be D, uh, dk Metcalf or tyreek yeah. hill right mm-hmm. yeah i mean 
those guys are diamond dozen and um you know most guys are not like that in the nfl so i i shouldn't say that most guys are i mean freaks athletically compared to most people but um you know there's a top top level to that that free category and like you said guys like tyreek and dk metcalf those those guys are at the top top of the uh athleticism charts for sure all right. Um, so spe- uh, special teams play, you have gotten uh, quite a lot. Um, most of your reps so far, um, your career has come on special teams. Yep. One of the things I have a lot of uh, tr- um, trouble uh, doing is trying to like try to see when you're watching film of, say, like a running back, a wide receiver or a linebacker and trying to and you know that they're not going to be like good enough to be like a starter in the uh NFL consistently they're like backup yeah. fifth six rounders yeah how can uh how do you how do you know if somebody's going to be good on special teams what traits do you see for defense that translate the best to special teams besides uh, just hard work and wanting it because that's yeah, number one I mean, honestly I think yeah that's like you said that's number one for sure um you know guys that I mean honestly there's nothing other than that it's guys that want to be on the team they know that they are probably not going to make it based on their offensive guy. They'd be a good backup, but, um, you know, it's guys that will go in and give you 100% on 20 plays a game and uh, risk your body, put your body in the line to, to help the team win. So, um, you know, it's it's guys that, uh, I mean, yeah, there's no way other way to put it other than guys that work hard and, and want it and want to be out there. Um yeah, there's definitely not. Yeah, no, special teams is all about that. Okay, that uh, that all makes sense. All right, do you have um, wh- what would you say? Do you have like a favorite Pat Mahomes story? Because I know that a lot of the people listening, yeah, we're all we're all here for to learn more about football. Everyone listening wants to know more about football and know more about the behind the scene uh, scene stuff. But it's also just kind of fun just hearing like stories of great players just doing yeah. great uh great things. What was like the moment that you um like a moment on the practice field or a moment off the field where you realized, wait a second, Pat Mahomes might not just be like a good quarterback, he might be like a really, really good quarterback. What was like that moment or what's like another just great Pat Mahomes story that you could share with us? Uh, I would just say our rookie year when we were on scout team, you know, we were, we, I think we had one of the better defenses in the NFL and um, we were going against them every single day and um, we were having pretty much our way with whatever that we wanted to do against them. And I, obviously it starts with Pat, you know, he's the one dishing, dishing the balls out to us. And um, I think, I, I mean, I remember his first no look pass and it was, it was a slant to one of the other practice squad receivers and, um, you know, you don't notice that on the field, but when you go to the the film and and watch it, you know, all the everybody's in awe, and then you see it happen the next year as a, when he's a starting quarterback. So, um, you know, just that rookie year when we were um, on, I mean, he's not a practice squad, but on the scout team grinding against our defense every single day, and we're completing 70, 80 percent of passes and uh, having our way with the, with those guys. You you notice it pretty quick and. Um, defense our defensive guys respected him pretty quick and um, you know he's a guy that's first in last out and uh, one, definitely one of the hardest workers on the team and a guy that grinds and loves every single day and every single moment of the game
Yep. And that's and that's great to hear. I mean, if if you were to hand me a five hundred million dollar contract to watch football yeah. players, I'm not sure. I I feel like I would kind of get distracted by all that that would that would bring. But to hear that like like ego, we everybody talks about like ego players and me first players and team first players yeah. and that kind of lingo. Mm-hmm. But seeing that you were in an environment where everyone seems to be team first and if there is anybody that's me first they're not going to be in the building very um very long mm-hmm. that just makes uh ki- kind of makes me excited to hopefully one day be involved in an uh, nfl um front office at some point uh do you have just any uh, other general uh general advice for the the pe- the people listening just trying to break uh break into the break into the nfl um, I would just say, try to find a, I mean, you got to build a relationship with somebody and you always have to, you have to have a connection somehow with somebody to kind of put your, your, get your foot in the door. And once you do that, just, I mean, there's no other way to do it than to, to work hard and grind and be a guy that um, people trust to do the job. And when you do the job at a high level, guys want to be around you. I think that that will ultimately kind of get you the, the job that you want. And um, I've seen it with, I mean, one guy that I can, I can probably get him on the, on your podcast. His name's Kanal. He was, he was our intern. Um, he was a player development intern. My first year here, he was driving all of us on a bus um, or on a little, I wouldn't say a bus, so like a truck to, to the facility, a van, I should say, a van to the facility every day. And, um, was always in the locker room, did whatever guys needed him to do. And um, so he's been here four years, and I think this is his first year, and he moved up to scouting. And uh, I think, I'm pretty sure he's Veach's assistant. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that everybody loves being around, and uh, he works extremely hard, and he'll do whatever whatever it takes to, to make those guys happy. And I think that's a, one thing that you have to be able to do is to make sure that you're doing the right thing uh, every single day and uh, just working extremely hard, but I think getting that that first uh, that first step in the door is probably the hardest thing. But once you do that, I can't think most most of the time you have success just because if you're a hardworking person, uh, good things happen to you. Yep, and that's that's what I like to hear. It's like I feel I feel that one of the main things the main thing that I can get from this is. Yeah, um, you're great. You were a great, great football player, but you never had the DK Metcalf size or the Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill speed. But you right. were able to have a four-year NFL career. Like you're, you're getting the NFL pension now. Yeah. Um, just off hard work, doing the dirty work, and being that guy in the locker room. And right. I think that just speaks well of the cult of cultures in in the NFL. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, where do you, uh, where do you plan to go? Like, I guess last question, where do you, uh, plan, what do you plan to do once your, uh, playing days are, are up? Do you want to coach, scout? I know, um, I was, uh, uh, going through YouTube, try, um, looking at some old interviews and you said that you want to start your, uh, you wanted to start your own business someday. Yeah. Which, no, uh, I, what, go ahead. I don't, I don't know what I want to do exactly yet. Um, I don't know if I could be a coach or be a scout. Those guys, those guys are putting in, I mean, 18 hour days every single day. And, uh, you know, I'm 
I'm a family guy. I love being around my family and being around my dogs and my baby and my wife. So um, for me, I don't know if that's the the perfect job for me, but you know, you never say never uh, at the end of the day. But um, you know, when the time comes, I'll figure it out. I'm a smart guy. I I have a lot of relationships that I built being here with the Chiefs and Alabama. So um, if I have to fall back on something, I think I always have that. But I think I want to do something. I want to be an entrepreneur, figure something out. see a problem and, and find a solution. So um, I got a couple friends that have that same mindset. So um, when the time comes and when I'm done playing football, uh, get those guys talking and, and kind of see what, if there's any problems in the world and, and figure out what we could do to kind of solve those problems. Yep, absolutely. And congratulations on uh, on having the baby. I've seen all the pictures on Instagram. Oh, yeah. uh, Coca looks great. Oh, yeah, she's uh, awesome. Is are are you are is the family going to be raising uh, her as a Yankee fan or an Indian fan? Uh, uh, what's what's happening over there? <laughs> Meg's Meg's big time Cleveland sports on on her already buys all the the onesies and all that. But um at the end of the day, I think she'll like whatever team uh, is winning, and that'll probably be the Yankees since they beat the Indians every single year. So um, I think that's the that's really the only sport I care if she likes the uh, one team that I like is the Yankees. So. Um, we're going to all work on that and kind of drill it into her as, as she gets a little older and understands things. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you are, you are named after Lou, correct? Correct. Yeah. So I got a, a long connection with the Yanks and, um, obviously I'm a big time fan. So, um, you know, having a daughter that likes the team would be pretty fun, but at the end of the day, if she doesn't, it'll be fun to root against her and root against her and back together. Oh yeah, that's uh that's kind of the joy um joy uh joy of families and something that I hope that I can exper uh experience at some point too. Oh yeah, hundred percent, my man Pauly D. Absolutely. All right, so you guys can uh I normally do like social media shout uh, shout outs from uh for my guests. Uh, okay. If you want to plug your Twitter or Instagram or any of um. If you have any good side uh, side project, Twitch channels, or anything like that, now would be a good time to do so. Uh, I think my name, I think it's at Garrick Dieter everywhere, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I think those are the really the only two are only two things that I use. But um, yeah, I think it's both of them. It's just just my name, and I'm pretty active on everything and pretty accessible if people want to ask questions or talk to me. So just hit me up. Absolutely, and he has two very cute fr- uh, French bulldogs. Very, very three, cute. Th- three, three of them. Three of them. Holiday, man. Three. Of three. Them. Right, All man. right. right. I-, I thought I did good on my research for this, but <laughs> apparently not. Miss Miss uh, one big key fact. One big key factor. All right. Thank you so much, Gar- uh, Garrick, for coming on. It was uh, great talking with you. I hope everybody learned uh, and have a uh, ha- uh, have a great rest of your day. I'm Paul Duncan at the Football on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you guys for watching. Have a great rest of your day.